This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Bert Scott and Alan Hahn. Two New York guys doing a New York show. Weekdays at noon. WEPN-FM. New York. This is SportsCenter. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins with some breaking news into ESPN Radio SportsCenter. Due to some rolling blackouts. In Nashville, the Titans game today with the Texans will start an hour later than originally scheduled. Now with a 2.02 p.m. Eastern kick, the rolling blackouts at the request of the Nashville mayor dealing with uh, severe damage from storms that have gone through the area in the last couple of days. It's an NFL Saturday that sure does resemble an NFL Sunday with 11 games on the schedule. And one of the biggies, Philadelphia-Dallas. Eagles without the injured Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Gardner Minshew gets the start. Dallas at 10-4, and four, get ready for the postseason. And while they prepare, ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards says, going to have to wait and see to exactly what type of team the Cowboys really are. This team won't be measured on if they beat or split with the Eagles. Their measure of the stick is when they get in the playoffs. How do they survive the playoffs? If you're Dak Prescott, you're in your seventh year. They paid you a lot of money, which he earned. But now this team has to show up in playoff competition. And I think that's very important. And, and this defense that they talk about the last two weeks really hasn't been the defense we talked about in the past. They're, they're stars. You know, that's why they wear a star on the helmet. Their stars have to show up now. That's Herm Edwards on Greeny earlier on ESPN Radio. Patriots are going to host the Bengals later on. In fact, coverage beginning right now with a kickoff at 1 on select ESPN Radio affiliates and in the NBA Luka Doncic had 50 and 10 assists for Dallas on Friday in a win over Houston yo this is Jay Williams from Keyshawn J. Will and Max all of us here at ESPN Radio would like to wish you all happy holidays and happy new year cheers Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yes, people. We are off and running on a Saturday, December 24th, otherwise known as Christmas Eve. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy New Year's as that's coming around the bend here. And really, where would you rather be spending your Christmas Eve than on the radio talking for the next three hours about Zach Wilson? Yes, three three hours of hot Zach Wilson talk. <laughs> Come on, where would you rather be than right here, right now? Dear God, no, even not even I am going to do that. But hey there, welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. But we do have, I mean, a lot to discuss here. We'll do it here over the next three hours. Lots of football. Week 16, ready to kick off. It's weird, man. It's it's a Saturday that feels like a Sunday, as they were saying there in the update. Usually I'm on later on on a Saturday. I'm on at noon today. So it's a lot of juggling here. But if the NFL had not already planned to move up the games into Saturday. Uh, they almost needed to do that. I really feel like they did that uh, for Jet fans, just to almost have some eyewash to clear things out after that fiasco on Thursday night. But, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can uh, find me on Twitter, 
You can find me on Instagram at Gordon Damer. You can find me on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me uh, right here on your radio till 3 o'clock, at which time it is Larry Hardesty that comes your way. And as I said, we got lots of stuff to get into. Obviously, got all the baseball from the course of the week. We got Steve Cohen spending money. We got the Yankees. Waiting for that deal. We're waiting for that deal. They got more work to do, they tell us, as if we don't already know. Like, oh, you do? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, we kind of felt that way, too. I'm glad we're on the same page. But obviously, we have to start uh, with the Jets. You got the football all coming up at 1 o'clock, so let's get the Jets right off the, the, off the bat here after that performance on Thursday. And, and here's the thing. You know, I've been listening to the radio a lot over the last couple of days uh, and obviously you, you knew kind of going into that game. I, I felt like the Jets season has been one that felt like it had another twist or turn, right? Like I felt like, yes, when things are down, there's always going to be a, a bounce back. Um, that did not happen. Uh, that <laughs> nailed that one. No. And I'm not here to, uh, you know, pile on Zach Wilson because at this point it almost feels like Zach Wilson has become the Joey Gallo of the NFL, you know? It's obvious it is over. You don't need to see any more. I've seen enough. You've seen enough. And really, if you've not seen enough, like it almost feels like denial at this point. It really feels like it's on you if you've not seen enough. Like I saw a post headline about, you know, you got to throw Zach out there for the last couple of games because you have to know about him. You don't know about him yet? What, what more do you need to know? You've not seen enough? Like, what are you expecting to happen in the next couple of games before the season is over to make you think that something is going to be different? And I guess in some ways, it almost is like fool's gold, right? Like, there was a time not that long ago where the Jets felt really good about where they were at with their quarterback because their quarterback had a good final month. And, oh, see, the light was starting to come on. Newsflash, spoiler alert, the light did not go on with Sam Darnold. And uh, I, I don't know what else you would need to know about Zach Wilson at this point. I mean, I, I mean, how much lower can it go? How much worse can it get? And it was almost, you know, like every once in a while, there's a story where you think to yourself, man, it can't get any worse than this. And then somehow, against all odds, it gets worse than that. That was the case on Thursday. Like every time you thought, well, it can't get any worse than this. You'd wait a couple of plays, and it would get worse than that. And, and yet there are still, I guess there are still some people that are in denial. If you're in denial, I would like to hear from you. I am fascinated by the denial. Because to the rest of us, to the overwhelming majority of us, it's clear. It ain't going to happen here for Zach Wilson. Like I saw, I was, you know, because the game was so out of hand. You're on Twitter uh, Thursday night, and Jet fan supreme Mike Greenberg uh, tweeted out, like, the road back for Zach Wilson is going to be tough here in New York. The road back? I mean, not to quote Doc Brown, where we're going, we ain't going to need no roads. <laughs> the road is the road that takes him to the airport, dude. It's over. It is over. You don't need any more evidence. What more evidence do you need? And we all, we all knew this before Thursday. By Thursday, I mean, if you watch the game, what, what are you watching? There's no fixing this. There's no way to build him back up. You know, Robert Sala can tell us that, well, we've not seen the last of Zach Wilson. Maybe, but we've seen the last of him in a jet, or we should have seen the last of him in a jet uniform. And it's almost like I want to say, like, walk me through the, the scenarios in your mind where you think 
this could still work. Well, what you got to do, Gordon, you got to bring in a veteran for him to compete with. Okay, well, Zach has been the worst quarterback in the league here the last couple of years. So whoever the veteran is you're bringing in to compete with him, the veteran is going to win the job, okay? So then you're just saying, okay, he's just going to sit on the bench. I, I don't know that it would have been impossible for him to fix what he fixed or could fix in three weeks, but, like, what more do you, how much more do you think you're going to get out of him by him not being the starting quarterback? Like, at some point, you have to learn by doing. And if you wanted him to sit and learn, which clearly in hindsight would have been the right approach, well, then you should have taken that approach at the beginning. Now the, the, the barn door is open and the horse is miles down the road. So I don't, I don't see what the – I mean, please walk me through the scenario that you see in your mind that is going to lead to success with Zach Wilson as a player. Well, you know, you got to give him a full off season, maybe year three. Uh, 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 okay, let me walk you through that. So you're going to bank your job on him turning things around, right? You're going to go through an entire off season where there's people available, there's quarterbacks available, and you're going to say, you know what? If we give him a full off season, he's going to go from the, I mean, statistically, the worst quarterback right now who seems like he's regressing. He had a bad rookie season. And I don't think that there's any question he's worse now than he was 12 months ago. So if you are, you know, Joe Douglas, if you are Robert Sala, whoever the decision makers are, if you're saying, you know what, we'll give him another offseason to see if we can work this out. Well, it's not going to cost you your job now, but if you go through another offseason and you stick with him and you're wrong, it very well might cost you. I mean, at, at that point. Like those, and those are the options. There are no other options. Like one, you know, the old saying, when one door closes, another one opens. I don't know where the open door is, but it's clear this door is closed. This door is locked. They put a chair against this door. They put the, remember the thing you used to put on your steering wheel? What was it? The club? They put the club on the door. The, 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 the door has been clubbed. And don't tell, I mean, it's almost like people are trying to overthink this to a level that it's ridiculous. Well, you know, he, he still has value. He's a distressed asset. Stop it. Stop it. It's done. The movie is over. Get up from the theater and go home. It's been decided. Enough already. So you can spin it any way you want. I'm sure the Jets, you know, they don't want to. Um, to crush the guy in public is still something that they might be able to trade for something somewhere. But in terms of the Zach Wilson story, it's over here. And, and here's a look. Here's the silver lining. And it's, I don't know that it's much of a silver lining, but it is a silver lining. You're better off finding out two years in that he's not the guy than waste any more time. When it ain't right, move on. Like you're better off having... Zach Wilson than a quarterback that, you know, you can, in your mind's eye, well, you know what, if we just improve this, if we just improve that, and they never turn out. Like Marcus Mariota, right? Like, he was okay, but he's not, he's not, a, he's not an elite starting quarterback or, or Jameis Winston, right? Like, it, it's almost better to be horrendously bad than just like, eh, middle of the road. He, he needs to do this, he needs to, no, you blew it, move on. If you can get a day three pick for him, fantastic. And I got to be honest, on Thursday night, I almost felt bad for the guy. I mean, that performance was humiliating. Getting booed off the field, getting cheered for a practice squad guy. But there can't be any more, there can't be any more excuses. 
and you still hear them. Wow, you know, how's he supposed to see? The offensive line is terrible. The running game, the game plan. All you need to know is the Jets' offense works better as soon as Zach Wilson is not part of it. As soon as you remove him from the equation, it gets better. It doesn't matter who it is. So that's done. The silver lining is you're better off not wasting another year, another two years. You know now. Fix it now. And another thing that I keep hearing about, um, well, you know, the fans, they were merciless. They, they, they were booing him. Uh, he got booed off the field. The fans, uh, they're, they're, just, uh, they're just too much. And, and how can anybody succeed here? The fans have nothing to do with it. The fans have nothing to do with it. Fans are idiots. I know. I'm one of them. If Zach Wilson, if all of a sudden, tomorrow, or the Jets' next game a week from now, he went out there and he gets another chance and he plays well, the Jet fans will love him. They, they, they can turn it around. It's all based on performance. And his performance has been terrible. So it, it, there's nothing to do with the fans. There's plenty of blame to go around, but the fans are not part of it. That, that's, not, that's not part of the equation. If he were playing well, the fans would be okay. The fans would be just fine. It would be no issue with the fans. And we've seen other people, like Edwin Diaz, right? Edwin Diaz, when he was blowing saves to the Mets and was awful, fans booed him. How did it change? Well, he started pitching really well. Oh, they got the trumpets going. Oh, Edwin Diaz, I love Edwin. Got to make sure you sign him. Right, exactly. It turns around very, very quickly. So the fans, that's not part of it. It's, it's, it's the organization. It's the coaching. It's the scouting. It's everything else. But at least now, now you know, that door is forever closed. And now the question is, where do you go from here? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So come, coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. I know a lot of people want to get in on uh, the jet conversation, so we'll do that. Plus, we'll kind of run down. Like, I gave you a silver lining. I did my best, people, in this holiday season to give you something to still feel good about. Uh, Coming up, I'll give you why you probably shouldn't feel too good. So we'll do that next. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Best Christmas song in my book, Billy Squire. Christmas is the time to say I love you. You know, the problem is, is you have a good Christmas song. It just gets run into the ground. Like Mariah Carey's Christmas, it's a fantastic song, but you hear it like a billion times every Christmas. It starts to, it starts to turn, is my point. That one, you don't hear that often. Great Christmas song. Fantastic job by the guys in the studio there. Um, all right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Obviously, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone out there. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. And look, Christmas is the time to say I love you. Christmas is the time for miracles. And it was funny because just the other day, I was saying to somebody, you know who I've not heard, we've not heard from in a very long time? It is Omar in Brooklyn. Oh, my goodness. It really is the time for Christmas. Omar, where have you been, my friend? 
I have been here this day, but, you know, every time I make a big statement and my team loses yeah. a close, you know, this, that, is, that does happen. I want to keep a low profile. And mm. yesterday, you know, gotcha. the next, the weekend, I always wanted to start a weekend on a good note. And a buzzer beater by this guy. Uh, DeMar uh, uh, You know, like, I'm nervous now. Because sometimes when the weekend doesn't start on a good I was very upbeat, but today, like, I'm, I'm starting to get nervous. Windy conditions, very, very windy conditions. Uh, are they looking up for the Cincinnati Bengals game? I want that home court advantage so bad that everybody has to go to the uh, through Buffalo. This is, uh, 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 everybody say, trap game, this, that. They got to be professionally, they have to be motivated that it doesn't become a trap game. Just work out today, finish it off. Don't make me nervous in the fourth quarter that it's a close game. The, uh, last night I was getting nervous. I said, everybody's saying, oh, they beat Chicago twice. Uh, how it is hard to beat three times in a week. And every time the game was close, close, close. I said, this is not sound right. It's close game. Anything can happen. Uh, it just happens. But let me ask you two or three very good question that I wanted to ask. First, All right. Give, me, give it to me quick. Here. Dr. Tarek, is he taking that step that everybody's hoping for? Who? Who? R.J. Barrett? Well, I mean, it's nice to see him finally starting to come to, you know, I mean, he had a very slow start to the season, um, but uh, he's starting to, to round into form. It would have been nice if it could have been a, in a win last night that he put up those numbers, but uh, I'm not all that worried about uh, R.J. I think R.J. will be fine. What else you got? Uh, secondly, Julius Randle, uh, you still need to trade If he's a second or a third option in a winning team and he has a good contract now, yeah. will you take it or will you trade him? I, I would trade him in a second, but I don't – shockingly, Omar, I do not run the Knicks. The Knicks are not trading uh, or, uh, uh, Julius Randle. Julius Randle is here. This is, this is the team you got, and you're going to ride Julius Randle until – you know, look, if something dramatically better comes along and whatever that is, the, the other team desperately wants Julius Randle, then maybe. But I, it seems kind of hard to believe that those two things would happen. How about – let me ask you a question. Uh, are the Bills going to win this? I mean, that's the question. You're Buffalo Bills. You came on uh, a, a while ago. You were touting the Bills, and then everything went sideways. Uh, are the Bills going to win the Super Bowl this year? Everybody's got the Bills winning. And, and, and if they don't win, this season is a failure. So are they going to win the Super Bowl? They have, uh, uh, to me, they, they still have in them, and they will win it. But the thing is, a, a close game, and whenever there is a pressure, but I believe that whenever you lose these close games, you mentally become stronger. And if they're able to win the championship this year, this is the plot that everybody should follow. The guy yes. take over as the head coach with three wins, slowly and steadily, do not win that, make the playoff next year, uh, rebuild the team, lost the, they make the playoffs, uh, uh, make the playoffs again, build, uh, win the division, Second year in a row, win the division. Now going searching for a home court advantage all over uh, the playoffs. Uh, that it has to go. The Super Bowl has to go through Buffalo Bills. That is the step. That how you build up a team, how a professional team was built up, how the coach is motivated. 
if they ever win to this is the formula how to build this team and how to raise up the and I am 100% like I'm always upbeat but my my head coach the McDermott yeah. I'm a fan of I have never seen a professional head coach that is like never you never hear a word about any players crying or whining about the minutes about the play it's every time it's all about team i think all right I like it. Uh, Omar, it's great to hear from you again. Don't be a stranger in the new year, my friend. All right. I, I prefer crazy Omar. I prefer Omar when he's more upset. I thought he was going to be really worked up today because of that Nick loss, but it didn't happen. You, you take chances. Sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't. Speaking of the Jets. Uh, all right. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. And uh, Zach Wilson, as I said in the open, at this point, it's not about Zach Wilson anymore. This is this is now about the Jets. This is now about the organization. And this is about the two primary guys, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And, and there's no question at this point, Zach Wilson will go down as one of the biggest busts in NFL. Unless there's something dramatic, he goes someplace else and all of a sudden turn things around and becomes the player that that some thought he was going to be. Uh, but it's going to turn out to be one of the biggest busts, certainly in NFL history. Because not only did you pick the wrong guy, which it seems like, but you had other options. Uh, and the Jets decided to go this way. And, and here's the thing, that, and this is part of it. it if you're a Jet fan, you kind of have to feel awful. Because it's one of two things. Either... He was just the wrong guy, and he was always going to be terrible. It didn't matter who picked him. It didn't matter what situation he went to. It was never going to work. He just does not have the, um, the capacity to play quarterback. Not the talent. Clearly, he's got talent. But there are everybody who's drafted has talent every, in every sport. You know how talented you have to be, physically gifted you have to be to get drafted in the NFL or the NBA, any of these drafts. Everybody's got talent. So don't give me, well, I think Zach Wilson Wilson could work because he's got talent. Everybody's got talent. Every single guy's got talent. So either it's Zach Wilson, even with that talent, was just never going to work. It was always going to be a failure. And, and, And look, with the way he's playing, it certainly feels that way. I can understand that side of the argument. But there's another side of it where it's kind of hard to feel like the Jets, given their history, given their track record, as an organization, not just the people running it now, that they're getting the most out of him, that they're getting the best version of Zach Wilson, right? Between coaching, between scouting, between game plan, between all these different things, it's hard to envision that the Jets are getting whatever the highest level of Zach Wilson is, that they're getting that. So that's not saying that he would have been a failure everywhere. Now, maybe he would have not been good. He, maybe he was the wrong pick at two no matter what. But it's hard to believe that they have built him up and, and, and done the right thing to be able to maximize his abilities. So, as I said, I th- clearly, unless something dramatically changes, uh, he, he's going to go down as one of the biggest busts in, in, in NFL history. And... If that wasn't bad enough for Jet fans and the fact that you have this conundrum of, like, what was it? Was it that he was just always the wrong pick or that they didn't get the most out of him or is it a combination of the two? But the bigger problem is now the people that thought him, that's the guy, they now get another crack at it. And, and the good, I guess, the silver lining is anyone's got to be better. 
But that doesn't mean that the people that gave you this, you know, like when they say the, the movie trailer from the people that brought you this, they're now giving you that. From the people that brought you Zach Wilson, they're now going to get another chance to pick another quarterback. And they I, I almost certainly won't be as wrong as they were this time. But that don't mean that they're going to be right either. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Oh, all right. Let's get to the phones here and uh, the more rational calls, not Omar Brooklyn. Um, Dennis is in New Jersey. Dennis, you're first up. Let's uh, let's ignore the Omar call. You're first up hey, on the Gamer Show, Dennis. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Dennis. What's going on, man? Hello? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Okay. I'm, uh, I'm a little I'm older, so my references are going to be a little old about uh, Zach Wilson. Okay. If you look back, Terry Bradshaw was a Hall of Famer. He had a sit for Joe Gillum. If you look at his first two Super Bowls, they won in spite of him. Don Wellway, a Hall of Famer, he had a sit. Phil Sivers had a sit for Scott Bruner. The only quarterback I know who uh, went, uh, went straight to the top was Marino. So I know it's tough. He's looked bad, but I, I just give him one more shot. All right, Dennis, uh, but you realize if, if I'm making you Joe Douglas, if I'm making you Robert Sala, and you're rolling the dice that next year, for whatever reason, you're, you're going to change something, and you're going to bet on the fact that Zach Wilson is going to turn it around and be a functional quarterback next year. If you're wrong, you're probably going to lose your job. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point, but uh, I'm, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, to give up on a guy after two years, uh, he's had some injuries. And I'm not a Zach Wilson fan, but uh, somehow or other they're going to have to find out in the offseason. Uh, I know it's a, tough, it's a tough choice for them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you need to. Yeah, I don't – you know, sometimes – Dennis, thanks for the phone call. Uh, you know, sometimes you take a bite of the food and you know it's not good, you know, and, and you don't have to eat the whole thing to know that, the, ooh, this is, this is disgusting. And, and, and I get it. There have been examples of guys who sat – and, and it worked out, and, and people will bring them up all the time. You know, Aaron Rodgers or um, uh, Patrick Mahomes sat for the, the first year primarily. Steve McNair sat for, I think, the first year plus. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Those teams had quarterbacks in place, and I agree with you. Obviously, in hindsight now, it w- Zach Wilson was not – prepared to start at quarterback week one. We don't have a time machine. We can't go back to that now. Now you are where you are. And, yes, that was a definite screw-up. But, you know, just to compare other situations, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. The Chiefs were a playoff team with Alex Smith. So what you're saying is the Jets have to find two quarterbacks. (laughs) they got to find somebody who's a, a placeholder who's a functioning quarterback who gives the team at least some chance to win, and then they'll allow the, the rookie to, to kind of sit there and, and wait his turn and, and, and learn for a couple of years. It, it's, if you have to go back 50 years to find an example of things that were like the Terry Bradshaw, then, then maybe that's not the best example, right? Like things have changed in the time. And, and again, if it turned out that the Jets had like a quarterback who, who was, you know, middle of the road, and they have the ability to draft a quarterback and allow him to sit, yeah, that would be great. They didn't have that chance. They had the second pick in the draft, and they were forced to, to kind of pick a quarterback. And, and there is part of it where, yes, they definitely picked the wrong guy, but there's no way you can look at this and think that they didn't screw it up 
with their own decisions, right? Starting him right away, not having a veteran that at least he could rely on to go to with stuff that could compete with him at least to some degree. Um, you know, they said that this year that he was he was ahead of where he was last year. Benching him when they did, I think that clearly was the the end of the road there. And it's clear that the three weeks that he's been away, uh, that didn't do anything to improve the situation. In fact, it kind of feels like it made it worse. Uh, let's go here to uh, Joe is in Wyckoff. Joe, next up on the Gordon Game Show. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? I can, Joe. I got you. Yeah, yeah. My my concern, uh, and again, I'm not a, a big Zach fan, but I don't think it's fair. What do you lose by just you leaving him as a backup? Get whether you think it's Mike White or someone else, and if you were to get rid of him, what's the cap hit going to be? Well, I mean, so if you try, I'm not saying cut him. I'm saying trade him. I'm saying, you know, if you can get a, a, a third-day pick for him or, or something along those lines, so be it. Well, I guess my, my concern is a third-day pick. Uh, this is a 23-year-old kid mm-hmm. who was obviously not ready. Um, you know, that's the Jets' problem that he was the number two pick. He, he didn't make himself the number two pick. Absolutely. You know, they made him the pick. So – why not let him be the guy that sits for another year or two? Well, I mean, I, I, look, even with all the coaching that he's had so far, this is where he's at. I, I just think it's better for, for you mm-hmm. to move in another you, – you clearly have to move in another direction. And having him there, I, I think it's just a distraction because people will be asking about Zach Wilson as long as he's on the Jets. And I think if you're, if you're being honest about, you know, we're worried about his confidence, confidence this, confidence that – there's no way that the Jets are going to be able to rebuild his confidence. Maybe his confidence cannot be rebuilt, but if he's ever going to rebuild it, I think he needs a fresh start someplace else. Uh, but then in reference to my, to my last uh, thing, what, is, um, what kind of hit will they take as far as the cap goes if they trade him? Is the other team going to pick a, up a the salary? The cap? Um, I know that they, mm-hmm. you know, there was a certain, you know, if they cut him, obviously, I think they had like $9 million in, 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 in dead money. Um, but I, I would think, look, I think you would be able to, even with as low as he has played, that some team would be, you know, these first-round picks, they get, they get multiple chances. That's the difference between a first-round pick and a fifth-round pick. You know, Baker Mayfield is still getting chances. Somebody was willing to give you a second-round pick for Sam Darnold. Um, uh, Josh Rosen, right? How many teams has Josh Rosen been on? So you can get something of value at whatever that is. It's not going to be ideal, right? It's going to go from a second pick overall to a day three pick probably. But to me, it, if, it, if it's closed here, if you know the answer is no here, you're better off going out and, and trying to, to find it someplace else and, and turning the page. Because, you know, if you keep him as the backup, who are you getting to come here to be the starter? Because as soon as that starts, like unless it's somebody who is, you know, leaps and bounds better, right? Like is a, is a real, you know, maybe not top 10 quarterback, but maybe just on the outside of that. I don't know who that would be. People are going to still be looking at, at Zach Wilson saying, well, if, if that person gets hurt, right? If you bring Jimmy Garoppolo here, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt a lot. But then you got to turn back to Zach Wilson. How much better is he going to be? I just don't think it's, it's tenable here for him to be the guy ever. It, the, the page has been turned. And it's not about the fans. Like I was saying before, I, I, I forgot to mention, the fans are the last thing. He has lost the confidence of his teammates. He's lost the confidence of the franchise. He, it's, it's clear that the coaching staff has lost confidence in him. 
And by result, he's lost confidence in himself. So it's not about the fans. It's more about everybody else. And this would be one thing in terms of the players if he were this young kid who's struggling and it was a veteran team. The people that seem to have the pro- – they were all young players too, right? Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. It seems like it's, it's, it's young guys who you look at as building blocks for the franchise moving forward. So uh, it just seems like it was always a mistake. Uh, and now what are you going to do about it? You can't go back and say, well, you should have sat for this. You should have done this. You should have done that. You should have picked this guy. You should have picked that guy. To me, it's about what you do moving forward. And really, it's not about Zach Wilson. It's about what, who, the people you're putting in charge to find the quarterback that gave you Zach Wilson. Now they're going to have to go out and, and try to uh, recover from what was you know, just a, a disastrous pick. Just a disastrous pick. Uh, let's go out to uh, CJ is on Long Island. CJ, what's going on, my man? CJ. All right. We're going to have CJ in three, two, one. Hear me? There you go, CJ. Wow, I did that really oh. well. Oh. <laughs> How you doing, Nathan? I'm good, man. Happy holidays. What's going on, CJ? Happy holidays. Um, so one thing I haven't heard you talk about much is Mike White. Now, I feel like the NFL gets it in their head. Like, if a guy is not coming from a great college or if he's not drafted high in the draft, that even though he produces on the field, he's not worth taking a look at seriously for the future. Like I feel like the NFL focuses too much on size and uh, like like the like what they did with Vernon Golston. Like they don't focus on actual talent. Like why is Mike White not in the conversation? And, and beyond that, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but here's here's what I think for the future of the Jets. Right? I legitimately think that if you have Mike White playing at a at his mediocre level, not at, even at his best, next year with Makai Becton coming back with Vera Tucker coming back. You could have a potential top five offensive line in football, right? You have a really good offensive line in football. What does that do? That gives the quarterback time to make decisions, right? It makes the mediocre quarterback look pretty good. Then you're going to have Brees Hall and Bam Knight together in a tandem. I can't wait to see what that looks like. And then you're going to have the rest of the team that looks pretty good on paper. And then you're also going to have the draft and a hundred million in cap space where they could go out and address other issues. So, I don't see why why we can't give Mike White a chance. I mean, I know he's, he's hurt right now, and I think if he could start a couple more games, we'll get to see what he could do. But he's shown some really good potential. But I also just wanted to ask, do you think it's fair to say that with all that coming next year, that the Jets could actually be a Super Bowl-caliber team if we could it obviously comes down to the quarterback, right? we got to address right. the quarterback situation. But yeah. with all that, it would count. Well, look, CJ. Yeah, I got it. Thanks for the call. Um, look, uh, let's walk before we can run. Let's get the, the playoffs done here before we uh, talk, start talking about Super Bowl contenders and Super Bowl titles. Uh, I do think he brings up a good point about Mike White and a lot of the things that we have talked about with Zach Wilson to me actually apply to Mike White, and I'll explain what that means. Coming up, it is the Gordon Damer Show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It is the Gordon Damer Show. We're spreading holiday cheer by talking about Zach Wilson and the possibility of the Mets deal with Carlos Correa falling apart. So it's nothing but cheer 24 hours a day. On the Gordon Damer show, as we take you up until three o'clock, and you think, uh, you think, uh, you know, it's bad now. Uh, waiting to hear Larry Hardesty if that that deal with uh, Carlos Correa falls apart, he's not going to be happy. He's going to be like Scrooge at three o'clock when he comes your way. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And in case you're just joining us, yeah, it seems like the Mets now 
have some concerns with Carlos Correa's medical records. Who would have thought after a team decided had a deal uh, and decided to back out of that deal because of concerns with the, the medicals? Turns out the Mets also have some concerns with the medical. Wow, oh, I would have thought that. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, there's different reports that it, it does not seem at least right now that the deal is dead, but the fact that people are discussing the possibility, you know, like the, the deal's not dead yet. That makes you feel like that might be the way this ends up turning out. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I would think it's going to be kind of tough for the Mets to plead ignorance when th- the only reason why you were able to get back involved was because the first team backed out over a medical concern. So all the, the, the cheer and happiness that in Metland after getting to finally, for Met fans to finally get to live out their dreams as Yankee fans. That might be that might be turning. Who knows? Who knows? But we've been talking a lot about uh, the Jets and about um, Zach Wilson. Obviously, not so much on Wilson because to me, at this point, th- that chapter is closed. Now it's about moving forward. And I would just say one other thing about um, Robert Sala. I know he's in a very tough spot because you know you watch the game on Thursday. Like, what are you supposed to do, right? It, it was almost cl- it was clear at halftime. You cannot put this guy back it, with your playoff life on the line here. You can't put that guy back out there doing what he did in the first half. And I I get your other options are not good. But when the first option is a clear no, even though the other ones might not be a clear yes, I got to go with those ones. So I get he's in a tough spot. But after the game, I I mean, he's starting to sound a little like Joe Judge last year. Remember Joe Judge at the end of last year telling you, well, you know, we watched the tape and things – they look a lot better on tape than you guys. Re- I mean, we're, we're watching the games, right? I mean, it's a disaster. When, once Daniel Jones went down, it, the giant offense went from, from bad to unwatchable. But Robert Salas saying that he's seen improvement with Zach Wilson. Where exactly? Where, what exactly? What would you say it was improved? <laughs> I saw improvement in the second half when he was standing on the sidelines. But that really doesn't have anything to do with Zach Wilson. You've not seen the last of him? Yeah, I, again, I know, like, what is he supposed to say? I would say not that. Not the, uh, I've seen improvement. I, I think you should be able to talk your way around that a little bit better than that. Uh, all right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Ed is in Howard Beach. Ed, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hello? Hey, Ed. What's going on, pal? Okay, I've got a uh, scenario for you. What about bringing in Tom Brady for one year? Uh-huh. Um, listen, he wants, he wants one more Super Bowl. Yeah. The Jets are poised to make it. I mean, they have one of the best defenses around, very good offense. Good for him. He wins three Super Bowls from three different teams. Come on. Uh, look, I mean, it's about you selling it to him, I think, more than him selling it to you. I got you. Uh, a 45-year-old Tom Brady at that point? I don't know. Yeah. Look, he's used Not... to playing in the cold. Right. I mean, but, but and even then, though, Ed, I mean, what you're saying is, and look, I'm not going to tell you off uh, off the bat that it's it's a hard no, and thanks for the phone call, but, like, how, how much time do you think you're going to get out of Tom Brady? Like, what you're saying is, well, this will solve the problem for one year, but then the next year we're going we're gonna to be back over at, at scratch. I think you have to find something that's a little bit more of a long-term solution than that. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. 
Coming up, more your phone calls on the Jets. We'll get more into the Mets with the whole Carlos Correa thing. The week that was for both the Yankees and the Mets. Whole lot to do as we take you up until 3 o'clock. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know me. I'm about bringing people together. I'm about uh, reaching out, and, and even if we disagree about sports stuff, bringing you into the fold, finding common ground, right? Well, uh, I hate to uh, break it to Met fans who thought that they had a shiny new gift under the tree, but it appears shockingly as if the Mets might also have some concerns about Carlos Correa. Came up, yeah, (laughs) who knew? Um, It came up about an hour ago, Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic reporting the Mets concerned with Carlos Correa's physical. uh, That something about his, is it surgically repaired right leg? I think it's a surgically repaired right leg that uh, has the Mets, according to Ken Rosenthal, concerned. Andy Martino uh, tweeted out a little while ago, Mets are not currently responding to questions about the status of the deal. But I can confirm through two league sources that there is some kind of concern about Correa's physical. Scott Boris, <laughs> shockingly, not immediately available for comment either. Stay tuned. So just when you thought, hey, 13-year deal. And, and that was one of the things. Larry and I were filling in for the guys in the K show that day. And, and look, it's the jubilation of signing the players, the jubilation of Steve Cohen going out there and spending the money. But there was like this other thing off to the side of you're saying to yourself, well, wait a second. The Giants did have a deal done and then kind of backed out of the deal, at least to some degree, because they had some concerns. And we didn't know what those concerns were. And it, it kind of felt like, you know, the amount of back problems that he's had, that, that would be a, uh, a fair area to kind of assess right, and think about. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll see if uh, anything happens uh, on the deal there. But uh, all of a sudden, some concerns in Metville about the uh, status of that contract with Carlos Correa. Meanwhile, we've been spending uh, most of the first hour with our concerns about uh, the Jets and uh, Zach Wilson. And, you know, Caller brought up something there before about Mike White. Where do I think Mike White uh, factors in on this? All the things, well, not all the things, but some of the things that people are saying about Zach Wilson and have been saying about Zach Wilson, to me, those apply to Mike White. At this point, we know what Zach Wilson is. It was, it, it, it's not going to work. So for everybody who's saying, well, you got to find out about him, you know, people, you know, look at the game. Did you watch Thursday night? Did you watch that? It's over. It's over with the, the organization, it's over for the player, it's over with his teammates, it's done. It could not be any more. It's like a guy screaming at the top of his lungs, it doesn't work! Well, you know what, I, I know that there's this guy screaming up there, but I would like to uh, check a second source. It's done. So all the things they're saying about Zach Wilson, about finding out about him, I do think you do have to find out about Mike White. And I don't know how many games he's going to be able to play. I don't know if he's going to be able to play any games because of this rib injury. But whatever time you do have, I would rather be using that time to find out more about Mike White and what his part of this equation is. Can he be somebody that you bring back next year? And I wouldn't think that he's going to be the unquestioned starter, but at least some way, whatever, however he's going to factor into it. Because Zach Wilson cannot be factoring into it. 
Can you find somebody that's better than Mike White? Is it just that he's just never going to be able to be physically capable of, of withstanding the hits as an NFL quarterback because he's already been hurt a couple of times? I don't know. And I don't know that you're ever going to – there's too little time left to really have definitive answers, but I'd rather pour the resources into that cup than into a cup that I already is already cracked and has a hole in it and, and it's not going to hold any water. And that, of course, would be Zach Wilson. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go up to, uh, let's see here. Mike is in Manhattan. Mike, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. Um, happy holidays, man. Um, Zach Wilson ruined Christmas for me, but that's a different story. Um, the What I want to propose and think maybe this will work out is, so, Green Bay has this unmovable contract with Aaron Rodgers, so they're locked into him for at least two more years. So, that being said, what if they traded Zach Wilson for uh, Jordan Love? Because, one, Zach Wilson's clearly not ready. I don't know if he'll ever be ready, but he's clearly not the guy, and we're done with him in New York. And we don't know anything about Jordan Love, so I think their value is about equal. Do you agree? Uh, no, I would not agree. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, I mean, we don't know anything about Jordan Love, but I think we kind of know about Zach Wilson, right? So um, I, I don't think that the Packers would look at that as a fair trade because at the end of the day, what they would be getting out of it is a quarterback for the future where they probably already feel like they have the quarterback of the future in, in Jordan Love. So I think you'd have, to, um, I think you'd have to, to move something a whole lot more than that. And I don't, I don't think that, that Love would be uh, available. And, and with the Jets, even if you told me that that deal is possible – I don't know that that's enough of a certainty. That almost feels like you're going back into the draft. And after having as many failures in the draft as the Jets have had, even though it's not this regime, uh, I don't know that I would trust their judgment on that. I think I need somebody who has a little bit more of a resume than somebody who was drafted a couple of years ago but really has not played. We, we've had some brutal picks. Like, people don't even remember Hackenberg. He never right. even I mean, he, Yeah, he was NFL. the worst because he, couldn't, he could not play at all. But now, I mean, not one snap, not one, not one only, second. <laughs> no, I know it was I a think terrible. He had Fifteen passes in the preseason. That's yeah. it. Something wild like that. Unreal. He was a second round pick, so it wasn't like it was yeah. like a, a, a you know a seventh rounder or something ridiculous. It was a second round pick. Those are almost as valuable as first pick round picks. Round. Top five pick in the second round. I think it was fourth in the second round. Oof, yikes. Yeah. No, Brutal. I mean, look, it's it's not good. There's no. And, Mike, thanks for the phone call. There's no easy answers. I'm not telling you that I, I know the path forward for them, but I would think that after you failed in the draft with, with Wilson as high as he was picked, I would think that with the team that you've been able to build around them and the, and the resources you're going to have after this year, right, getting some players back and healthy, and, and if it does turn out you missed the playoffs this year, well, then you have a playoff mandate next year. To me, you have to have a playoff mandate. Joe Douglas has to have a playoff mandate Robert Sal almost has to have a playoff match. You have to be making the playoffs next year. If you're, if you're telling me the future is this bright and you've nailed all these picks and the only thing missing is the quarterback, I'm not telling you you got to go out and, and, and find a, a top five guy, but you have to be able to go out there and find somebody who's functional and can at least be stable in that position that allows you to highlight all the other talent that you have on offense. So, uh, yeah, I would think that next year – you know, the question has to be, who is the guy that's going to lead you to the playoffs next year? And at least then, it takes some of the some of the pressure off. Then you can, you know, if you get somebody who's a placeholder, then you're in the position that you're talking about with, like, the Chiefs, with Patrick Mahomes and all those type of things. 
where you have a team that has some talent around it, you have a placeholder there, and then you can draft a quarterback and allow that person to sit for a little while. But the first thing's first. You've got to find who that placeholder is. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.